Right now, joining me, Gary Taylor, Managing Director over at Cowan. Thank you so much, Gary, for being with us. You have a focus here on the healthcare sector. I know you have a few names that you want to touch on, but why is this group at least attractive at this time? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I think about my universe divided up in three different groups, but particularly the health insurance sector has really been performing year to date and has outperformed what the market um, has done. The earnings are quite defensive in nature. It's a group that benefits from a rising um, rate uh, environment, and the current fundamentals are pretty solid. So uh, rising rate environment, the fundamentals are solid. I mean, when you think about um, an aging population, how much does that factor in here? You know, it helps and it's a tailwind uh, for most of the healthcare businesses. Um, I have a slight bias against the argument as an investment thesis. I think, you know, demographics have been used to support most healthcare services investment thesis over the last two to three decades. And generally, demographics move too slowly to be investable. But there's no doubt mm -hmm. that um, aging the population drives higher utilization of services. It's going to drive more people into Medicare. And Medicare is now a substantial market for the health uh, insurance business. And clearly, it's an important market for the providers as well. Yeah, and as you, as you look at this, I mean, there's three different groups that you cover so carefully. Um, healthcare facilities, managed care, and emerging payers and providers. So um, are, is there one of those three groups that seems to be doing better than the other? Are there some that are lagging? What are you watching for now going forward? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, health insurance is our favorite group um, right now primarily because again, how defensive those earnings are and how positive we see the current fundamentals. For health insurance, it's always about underwriting spread. So it's about what are the plans getting in terms of rate, both from commercial governors, uh, customers and government versus the underlying utilization trends. And we think that spread is pretty positive. The newer phenomenon in health insurance that we think is very interesting and investable is most of the large companies are pursuing sources of non-diverse or non-regulated earnings, so outside of the insurance businesses. So it's healthcare services business, it's pharmacy benefit management business, and that business is growing pretty rapidly and it's also reducing the volatility of earnings. So hands down, we really like the health insurance sector, particularly if we're considering heading into a recession where investors want to be slightly more defensively uh, positioned. The value-based care sector is a really new sector. Uh, we think a lot of those stocks eventually will get acquired, a lot of them potentially by the health insurance companies, but we just saw a deal announced last week where Amazon bought one of those companies, uh, One yeah. Life Medical, which is a group of primary care groups. So there's non, sort of non-traditional strategic players that are interested in that value-based care sector as well. Yeah, and you talk about services. I think we've become a society that's really looking for um, things that just seem to be easier, and that probably goes right into healthcare too. Tell me a little bit about Acadia Healthcare, which has um, services across the United States. Yeah, Acadia is a is a behavioral health services company. So in the provider universe, I'm glad you brought it up because I hadn't mentioned the provider universe yet. That's our favorite stock in the provider. Um, universe, uh, particularly coming out of the Cowan Healthcare Conference back in March, we reiterated as a top idea coming out of that uh, conference. And the real story here is that the demand 
and the dollars that are flowing into behavioral health uh, as an underdiagnosed and undertreated uh, service in the U.S. continues to accelerate. So really strong demand growth, not quite the labor pressures, clinical labor pressures that we're seeing uh, for other uh, providers, and really strong rate growth and really strong organic growth. So this is a story that we think organically can grow EBITDA double digit. And the company now has a cleaned up balance sheet, having exited uh, European assets that they can now pursue acquisitions in the U.S. So we think this is a, with acquisitions, a double, uh, mid double digit EBITDA uh, growth story, still trading at a reasonable multiple. It's our favorite name in the provider universe. Well, it's pretty amazing because if anybody heard you in March, uh, they would have made probably 60% on their money. I mean, it's been a great stock. I see it going from a low of 50 up to 83 just recently over this, you know, since let's say end of, since around February. I mean, it's just been um, a great run up and you think that can continue. Do you have a target price? I see some around 78. I see uh, that that one's from Mizuho. I see another at 85 from Barclays. Where's your target price on Acadia? Yeah, our, our target price currently is in the low 80s, and I will just say it's you know it's under review. Uh, we've got a model update post earnings. That's generally when we update price targets, particularly at this point in the year, as we start to look into 2023 as the primary basis for valuation of earnings. So I would just uh, right. say uh, it's a name we still like a lot. Right, understood, understood. And you've already, you know, made a lot of money on this uh, this year, folks. Um, let's get to a next one, and that is Amedesis. Tell me a little, A-M-E-D. Tell me a little bit about this one. Yeah, this is a home health name. Uh, it's not a name we're currently uh, recommending. A lot of challenges, more fundamental challenges than Acadia, for example, uh, primarily related to the labor cost uh, environment. And this is a name that had a dramatic revaluation during the pandemic, um, sort of like uh, Zoom and Peloton and others. So a couple things happening that stock chart. One is the valuation sort of coming back towards historic levels. Two, the company's uh, EBITDA is actually declining uh, this year uh, because of softer top line, but margin pressure uh, from labor costs. And three, uh, the government, Medicare, just announced uh, nearly a 5% reimbursement cut for 2023. Uh, the company's optimistic that they can get some congressional help to, to uh, slow that rate reduction and push that out a, a few years. But there's a lot of things right. that, that investors are worried about. It is a group, though, where there's also potentially bids. Uh, we just saw their key comp and competitor, LHC, uh, announced that it was going to be acquired uh, by United Healthcare, uh, CVS, uh, Aetna, which is covered by Charles Reed at, at Cowan, has said they're interested in home health. So we're, we've got a neutral on the stock. We're, we're, we're not in love with the fundamentals, but we don't want to be too negative because there is some uh, takeout uh, opportunity yeah. potentially. Yeah, I have to get, get going, Gary, but just am I missing any buys or strong buys that we should talk, should have talked about so I could at least write them down? Yeah, our favorite name, uh, our three favorite names in the health insurance space, which is our favorite, are Centene, Humana, and United. But Centene was our top pick for 2022, and it's still a name that trades at a substantial discount to the market. Uh, okay. You have really credible CFO underwriting a 2024 earnings target of nearly $8 a share. And this is a stock that we think is easily over $100 uh, within the next 6 to 12 months. Uh, as they really right. focus on margin execution versus growth at all costs. So we like that name a lot. 
Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Gary Taylor, Managing Director over at Cowan. Thank you.